0: Sports Interaction,
1: sports Sportsbook. Welcome to Game Over Montreal. It's already different than last season because uh, it's a win. That's not something that we talked about very often last season at all. And frankly, we're not used to it here. It's, uh, it's not a usual thing. But uh, I am, of course, Andrew Berkshire. I'm your usual host. Mark Dumont will join us during the season uh, of not... Super often, but at least 20 times, and I have two amazing guests with me today, but uh, first of all, I just got to talk about what we're going to talk about tonight. Obviously, the game, uh, Canadians beat the Leafs, that was unexpected after going 0-6-2 in the preseason, but uh, pretty hilarious, let's not lie, that they managed to do that, especially with how bad the power play was. Cole Caulfield, all over it, as per usual. We're going to talk about the young decor and how impressive they were tonight, and then we're going to finish off because I can't have Mr. Jay Baruchel and Mr. Arun Singh on this podcast, this show, and not talk about P.K. Subban's retirement because we're all big P.K. Subban fans. The last segment of the show is going to be about P.K. Subban. So let's get this show on the road. I'm going to welcome in my amazing guests, Jay Baruchel and Arun Singh. How are you guys?
0: Hello. How are you?
1: Excellent. That was- I'm happy
0: that. That's the
2: best hockey game I've seen in a long time.
0: Yeah. That was supposed to, spectacular, spectacular way to start.
1: Yep. Exactly. It was, I was texting Jay a little bit before we we started here. And I was saying, this is the most that you could possibly ask for what this team is supposed to be. But uh, I actually forgot i was supposed to do an ad read. So I'm going to do that right now because uh, you want to bet you can do it at sports interaction, Canada Sportsbook. football's back baseball playoffs and the hockey season is freshly underway. Bet pre-game, live in-play, or one of our many prop bets made for Canadians by Canadians. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Head to sportsinteraction.com/sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com/sdpn. Ontario only. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. And if you have what may be a gambling addiction. There are resources in the description of this video. And if you're listening in the description of this podcast to help you out of it. All right. So, uh, Cole Caulfield on pace for 164 goals clearly <laughs> does it just to spite Austin Matthews, who scored 60 last year, he wants to score a hundred more goals than Austin Matthews did. Can he do it?
0: Absolutely. I made the, I made a bet this in the summertime, uh, to, well, okay. So I I, I chirp texted a guy that I know, and I said uh, I, I, after the first uh, Caulfield goal, I said, uh, uh, do you do you remember that uh, Caulfield wager I made this summer? He said, oh, of course, uh, that he would score more than Austin Matthews. And I remember reading, <laughs> I looked at the phone, I was like, what the fuck? I don't remember. That seems a bit crazy. Uh, and then I remembered. I don't even remember what the Actual bet was, I think I said he would be in the top five, that he would actually be in in Richard contention this year. Um, and uh, God damn, did he look good tonight.
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. I'd method. like to say to,
0: to
2: STPM friend Dave from You Can Bet This, if you come up with a prop bet for uh, for Cole Caulfield outscoring Austin Matthews, I will wire Andrew the money to put down on that. Oh my God. We'll call it the Bear Shell, uh prop and we'll, we'll do it. I'll put money in on that.
0: Fucking right. Yeah, so, so so will I, actually.
1: <laughs> All right, Dave Bassel, I guess you better listen to this show and make that prop bet. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's a wise bet, because uh, as much as they impress me this game, I don't know how well the Canadians are going to be able to get the puck up the ice over an 82-game schedule, but Cole Caulfield it just continues yep. to be the most insanely impressive shooter we've seen in this uniform in my lifetime easily. Like, yeah. I I love Max Pacioretty as a player. I think he was an incredible shot, but Caulfield is a sniper that we have not seen in a generation or more.
0: Yeah. I think that's, I I think that seems that that that's pretty fair. Um, As a former season ticket holder, you know, I got, I got to see some pretty, well, not some, a few uh, very, very, very talented guys wear that sweater. Um, Kovalev, you know, spring co- comes to mind, um, you know, but, but as, as frustrating as he was exciting, you know, and, um, but yeah, Caulfield, it, it seems like the puck wants to go there every single time he has it. Um, it, it. It feels like we're in that. Yeah. I don't know. Elite. Dare I say elite category. You guys uh,
2: may bristle at this comparison, but uh and I'll tell you why I'm making it. So my wife, Michelle, who Andrew knows, she looked up. She realized she knew none of the players on this team. she had been disconnected for a while. She knew Brendan Gallagher and Carey Price, and that's about it. And uh, she saw Cole Caulfield score a second. Goal. She's like, who is this guy? And the last time she ever said that was when I got her into the Habs and she watched Mike Camillary shoot. And I know that's it's different. Mike Camillary is not this. It's very different. But when Camillary would drop to a knee and shoot, you just had to
0: look. The best. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, super exciting. Super He, exciting. he had that an one.
1: iconic stretch there, right? Like, between yeah. the 100th anniversary game, like, man, I still think of that moment when all those legends took the ice and the goosebumps. Like, I watch it once a year. even. And I've had so many people ask me over the summer, because I'm famously a lapsed Habs fan, right? And obviously, I cover the Habs. I know a lot about the Habs still. I still have Habs fan history in my life. So, like, I've always got that. That's part of me. It's weird to think that this is like last year was the worst the team has been in my whole life, maybe in their history. But it's the most pull I've felt to become like a full on Habs fan again, because you can see now that progress is being made and this new management in charge. You can see the blueprint of what they're trying to do. I think this is in some ways the best time to be a fan because there's zero pressure right? You're not trying to win anything right now. There's a ton of young guys who are exciting and have potential. You can see the first actual rebuild, probably in Montreal Canadiens history. So there's like that level of undercurrent of excitement trickling around the fan base. I think we're in store for something truly special here. If they don't like panic and start rushing things, which I don't think they will.
0: I I it's a it's a hard uh, organization to hate top to bottom uh, a, a, as as of late um um really really you know spectacularly likable uh talent on the ice um and that office is filled with personalities that like yeah you just kind of end up rooting for and uh, for 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 the most part anyway um I I agree with you uh, uh about like being in you know something special being in store and i i you know for for years i've kind of uh, said uh, at the risk of sounding like a guy who says stuff like i've said this for years um uh, how we are suffocated by the weight of our own history and that i i i fully suspect that the only way to start even considering competing for for another stanley cup would be to pretend that we have zero um, to sort of be like the Vegas Golden Knights and, and, and to be able to play without the weight of expectation, you know, um, because I think that uh, that has, well, let's just be honest. <laughs> what good has that done for us in, uh, in a generation, you know? So, um, yeah, I'm i will, I will say, uh,
2: you know, I know it's a weird thing because there's a lot of downsides to it and Saku Koibe remains my favorite hat of all time. But Damn. you know that transition to the Gianta Gomez uh, Camilleri era of the Habs, as as a para, as controversial, divisive as it was, was like that time. I felt like something's just happening. Like I don't know if it's good or bad, but something's happening. I can't look away. The Halak yeah. run, the emergence of Subban, like that felt like it. But it honestly, the excitement I feel right now, to to what you're both saying, it's been probably ten years since I felt this excitement. Truly, because. I soured on, uh, as I've said on this show and publicly, I soured on Mark Bergevin, professionally, personally, uh, very uh, quickly into his tenure. The Subban trade stuff uh, was real tough for me. Uh, the Logan Mayu stuff is probably the only bit of his current Habs era I still struggle with. But honestly, you, yeah, though you look at the players on the ice, how do you not love them? You, and you hear that cheer for for the cheers for Coffey for Suzuki today. You have a all new habits. It's uh you know we're all comic book fans. This is X Men number one. Jim Lee, Chris Claremont, nineteen ninety one. You know the characters, but they got these awesome new costumes. Too many belts, and you're just <laughs> right in for it. It feels like the beginning of something new.
1: Always belts <laughs> and pockets. So many yeah. pockets.
0: <laughs> Every life in the pocket there is. Yeah, I, I, precisely. No, I I agree, and it and um and there's a you know, anytime, anytime the Habs are exciting, uh, they are tied to romance and history and culture and all of these different things. And we end up getting super poetic. That's part of that. That's, that's what sucks, but that's also what makes it special. Right. And you can kind of feel something cinematic in the fact that like this team is nothing if not made of sort of underdogs, you know, with uh, e- e- even if, even if Habs fans know how lethal that, uh, you know, that, that arsenal is already kind of in theory, but really is going to be in a matter of, in a, in a, in a season or two, but like, man, I, I kind of think we're going to rock and roll with anybody who, you know, and, and by the way, I don't give a shit what the fuck happens this year. No, none of us do. And so like, it's, it's, it's kind of like, the only thing that, it wouldn't even, you know what, fuck it. It wouldn't even suck if we, like, came crashing into eighth and, and, and got our asses swept in the first round. That wouldn't even suck because that's better than we expected to do. Yeah, honestly, least, I was.
1: there'll be fun moments along with it, right?
0: Yeah, I was, honestly, I assumed we were to lose the game,
2: but when Caulfield scored the second goal, I said, good. I, get, I know what I want to talk about, hope. That is hope. That's all yes. I needed today was Caulfield doing what he did and then the surprises, Monahan. we're gonna talk about more of the players on the team, youth and veteran. But that's that's all I needed. And honestly, if I'm being if if I go back walk it back, seeing Carrie Price walk out in that ovation, yes. I was good. This game was a win. This whole thing was a win for me because yes. the way everybody treated Price, the way the fans have embraced him, the way the organization's been treating him. When you talk, you use the perfect word, Jay, romance. When we romanticize the Habs, I'm from Toronto, born and bred a HAB fan all my life. And that is, this is why I love the Habs. This is that's what it. they do. No one else does. There's nothing like, I was at the Centennial game. There is nothing like the Habs when they were doing it right. It's, it, there's nothing like it. it is the rock in pro wrestling. It's, it is, you know, it is uh, John Cena. The minute you can't see me in the crowd erupts, it's everything.
0: No, I, 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 I think that's, I think that's spot on. Um, yeah, man. It's like it's just nice to uh it's nice to not be weighed down by um worrying about comparing this to my dad's teams. You know <laughs> that that that's been the hard as a as a as someone who's forty, that's been the hard hardest part um is that like they they can't ever possibly compare to like the Habs of the 1970s, you know. Now, by the way, I don't know that any team in the NHL could. I no. think that era is gone we won't ever see teams like that again you know that are that deep uh consistently um in in every possible way you know because they are not hindered by nonsense like the cap and a bunch of bullshit expansion teams that we don't fucking need um but uh but yeah i i think um i think that like you said no nobody does it better with with that shit and you know when when shit's going poorly That's the thing that you fucking hate the most. That's the shit that you wish, you know, it might, wouldn't it be so much easier to be a fucking Blue Jackets fan and to like only kind of give a shit about winning, but like like to have a very simple binary value system. Right. You know, Um, but like you said, you know, when, 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 when price comes out and you, and you hear that ovation and you know that there's that kind of that special connection um, that special kind of magic that like, you know, cer- certain teams in sports answer to different masters or more than one master than, than, than just victory, right? Like Barcelona, Celtic, there's a, there's a few of these teams that kind of represent a bit more than just winning in the league that they compete in. And
1: uh, so, yeah,
0: I don't know. It was pretty special. It was a special one. It's going to suck when we shit the bad, but tonight was wicked. <laughs>
1: You gotta savor the good moments, and you know the whole cinematic thing, and and being weighed down by the history. I I think it's such a great way to start the the this season because we we have we're not gonna talk too much about it because we have like our set topics and everything, but the whole Carey Price ovation, right, and how special that felt. No other organization would have a debate about whether Carey Price would have his number retired, right? Yeah. Hart right. Trophy winner, Stanley Cup run amazing like a record holder for multiple goalie stats in the organization it'd be immediate right but because the canadians are so tied to well you didn't win a stanley cup you're not going to get your number retired it may not happen right so it's that kind of stuff trying to move away from that That,
0: that's that's fucking crazy um because also like i'm someone who thinks that 11 should have been retired yes yes yep uh and i adore I adore Brendan Gallagher. You know that. And I have done since like si- since before, since his first uh, preseason game when he did a little Camilleri one timer I don't think it went in, but I remember being <laughs> like, look, remember watching that kid being like, oh, fuck, this kid's going to be special. He didn't play that season. He came. He came the, the following year. But regard anyway, regardless, 11 should have been retired. It breaks my heart that that man didn't finish in our city didn't finish in our sweater uh regardless the, the the one kind of thing that could un- undo all that would be to put his sweater up there but i you know anyway uh yeah i don't think price gets his number i don't think price gets his jersey up there that's no. that's, that's
1: that's so fucked which is he crazy i think he can't he is, do it i waffled yeah. on it a little bit over the summer but i do think he's going to be a hall of famer how many heart trophy yes. winners oh, oh, that become a hall of famer
0: absolutely Absolutely, the only place where he hasn't dominated is the halves. and he has like what I mean when I say dominated, I mean like gotten to the fucking pinnacle and taken silverware home with it, right? Like he, he has been a um, a purebred, he's been a champion at at every at a, in every other in, in every other situation. Um, his numbers are wicked for us, but regardless, Olympics, Calder, World Juniors, all that shit—that's got to put him in there, no? One
1: hundred percent. I all feel right, like uh, we
2: just need a we need a Chris Crider exception for all the runs he's he's around with his oh, accent. Chris God. Crider
1: asterisk for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we won't get bogged down on Chris Kreider though. Yeah. I feel like this whole like this narrative builds really well into the other thing that I want to talk about with which is the young core and talking about uh, things being cinematic. Talk about like things kinda that you didn't expect fitting into place. But before I do yeah. that, something that I didn't do a good job of last season, I gotta tell people if you're enjoying the show. Please like, subscribe. It helps us. You know, like the video, subscribe here, subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, all that stuff. Tell your friends about the show, because this is—we've never spent money on advertising anything. This has grown purely by social media and word of mouth. So tell everybody that you know. If you're going to Montreal Canadiens game at the Bell Center, and you're leaving the arena, and you got your AirPods, flip open your phone on the way down the stairs, and you can turn on the show right away. You don't even have to go home. Anywhere that has internet you can find this show live nowhere else. Nobody go, else go home that. eventually. Oh, go, go home eventually. If you can actually, uh, your, your, your loved ones might be worried. Sleep, uh, sleep in your own bed. If you can, or somebody else's, <laughs> if it's a really good night, but if possible, if possible, yeah. <laughs> but uh, hit the smash
2: that like button. Okay. That's what absolutely. I'm
1: <laughs> So I wanted to talk about the young decor because I think coming into this season, you look at just the names and everyone's like, oh, man, they're going to suck. They're going to yeah. be terrible because a lot of people don't know the names. And, you know, Jordan Harris, we kind of knew a little bit from last season, but stepped it up. I thought he was great in preseason. I thought today was the best game he's ever played. I mean, he was phenomenal. He was very mean. Yeah. He's not a huge guy, but he played big. <laughs> Caden Gooley looks like a seasoned pro out there. And Arbor Jacai came out of nowhere like talk about cinematic a guy who was working at Costco two years ago (laughs) makes the NHL like this is incredible. And the guy called it. They called him uh, the
0: the best Costco bargain of all time on, (laughs) on, on TV today.
1: It's a good thing that uh, Mark Bergevin brought his Costco card that day. God damn.
0: Yeah. That kid. I just like, you want to watch a team even, you know, a kid's gonna gonna fuck up and is gonna make mistakes but like let those mistakes be from giving too much of a shit not giving enough of a shit right you know you know not like there are mistakes born of uh poor awareness and kind of you know having your head in the clouds or 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 phoning it in on certain shifts or whatever i have all the time in the world for someone who fucks up because their heart was in it too much yeah you know and Trying and trying too hard and i which is like what else can you ask for? You know, like in the first game of the season, how many fucking kids out there? I would say that like every kind of fuck up that we saw tonight, the majority of them anyway, um, w- was kind of born of like, uh, inexperience, uh, uh lack of having your sea legs sort of fir- first time in the, in the big show shit. Um, but everybody wanted to make an impression. Uh, Jack, Eye, holy fuck. Like, he he had he made it his mission in the preseason. Like they're gonna come in here. They're, they're gonna start this season knowing who the fuck I am.
2: Yeah, I was uh, I was really impressed by Guli. I, I can't I can't get over how young he is. Um, and I'll say one thing I loved about the decor. Like I wish no one ill, and I hope Shea Weber recovers, has a great life. You know everything. Thank you for your service. I actually think removing that last vestige of the old era has allowed me to just embrace this new core and for them also probably to flourish in a way you can't when you have – when you had some of the legacy players there, it does feel like a fresh start. And I, what I felt like with with everybody is that there was an attempt to distinguish themselves but distinguish the team most of all. Like they're – I think they were really trying to show – and I, saw, I just was impressed by Goody's play. I think they were – I think everybody was trying to show that they're not going to be run over. They're going to give you everything they got. So you're, you're not – the Habs are not an easy – an easy dub. And I, I respect the hell out of that.
1: Yeah, 100%. I think if we can go through this season and the Canadians end up with like 70-ish points, which is a huge year over year improvement over last year, Caulfield, like all the young kids score at decent paces and the games don't ever feel like, like obviously every team gets blown out once in a while, but the games don't ever feel repetitively like they're not in it. People are going to be very happy. Yep, yep. Yeah, I saw a few people talking about how like uh will the Canadians fan base be patient enough for a rebuild? And like, yes.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: We as long as we keep on home. having this kind of transparency and we see the plan, I think Canadians fans are gonna be very happy.
0: Well, it's just like they're 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 having fun. They play fun hockey. It's fun hockey for them to play, and wow, what a novel concept. Therefore, it's fun for us to fucking watch. Right. Like, you know, could contrast that with 82 games of Martin or Terry shit, which is just like, oh. you know, like, and, and it was like, it, it always made this like great kind of philosophical, it posed a really interesting philosophical question, which was like, it, you know, it is winning enough. Right. Like, cause, cause Terry numbers are respectable as fuck in in you know in any sport any coach that has those kind of numbers you would have to pay attention to however to watch it to watch it in practice was like watching paint dry you know and and so i i like i think that even even when we shit the bed this year we're gonna (laughs) they're gonna have fun it's gonna be exciting it's gonna be it's gonna be with intention you know deliberate intention ambition it's gonna you know it's good. They're gonna play like the color red, as as hokey as that sounds.
1: One hundred percent. I do want to respond to one comment here because I I see somebody uh, Charles Gascon says uh, Koivu had one seventy five point season, but otherwise pretty much a fifty point average. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely loved him, but he doesn't belong next to the other retired jerseys. Look at games played, man. He was plagued by okay, injuries. That's what I career. was. Gonna,
0: that's what I was gonna. <laughs> say. That, like I think longest serving captain ever.
1: And also, look at his line mates. And he played yeah. in the lowest scoring era in NHL history, the time yeah. he was with the Habs, adjusted for era, even with the injuries, even with the bad line mates. And I'm not trying to say this guy is bad. I'm not trying to say he shouldn't have his jersey retired, but Koivu's point production was better than Henri Richard.
0: Yeah, fair. And, and also, his best year was after cancer.
2: Yeah, he beat cancer.
0: I would like to just say
2: in the immortal words of Jay Baruchel, if you, uh, if you don't want to number retired,
0: fuck up. Like, <laughs> seriously, man, that, that, that was like, you know, he just embodied everything. He, he, he was the captain um, by every metric, right? Not, not just a leader in the room, not just a leader on the ice. Like he, he was like, The the, the, he was imbued with the spirit of the fucking city, man. And like and 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 what I'm going to say now, this doesn't have anything to do with whether or not his sweater should be retired. But God damn, the Leafs were fun to watch in that era, too. And I and I like you want to talk about romance. You want to talk about like forcing a cinematic narrative on shit. Finn versus Swede, short guy versus huge guy. Like him him and Sundin were like such an amazing, amazing counterpoint to it, to one another. And I love both of them. I still have all the time in the world for Matt Sundin, but like, I don't know, man, for, for, for people of a certain age, Saku Koivu, you know, he, he got to the promised land, even if he never did.
1: Yeah. Like for me growing up, I became a hockey fan because I saw Patrick Waugh play. That was my entrance to it. And then he gets traded in 95. I'm eight at this point. So I'm like a mess. I'm in tears. And I'm like, screw the Habs. I'm going to be a Colorado Avalanche fan. Watch them win two Stanley Cups. And then all of a sudden, 2002 rolls around and Saku comes back from cancer. And he's who brings me back. So I think there's also there's on top of like point production and stats and all that. And I'm a stats guy. Everybody knows that the emotion is part of it, especially with the Canadians who, as we've been talking about the the cinematic, the poetic nature of the Canadians, they're a cultural institution more than just a team that does matter for these kinds of things like Maurice Richard, you know, books that are kids books famous for, for his story, you know, unbelievable there's movies made about him his yeah. point production even in the era wasn't the best like Gordy howe was a better point producing player but nobody's going to talk about maurice richard as like not the player of the era right because right. it it's the fire in the eyes it's the the things that you can maybe quantify now but you couldn't quantify then it's that that yeah. brings the emotion to the table it's everything
2: yeah, as, as someone who's, again, a Toronto kid, um, not Quebecois, not a Francophone, I know there's a lot I'll never understand about the Habs. you know. And I have as much love as I can. I always say, before I'm, uh, when I met Michelle, she always asked me why I'd never been in a long-term relationship. And I told her straight face, seriously, because I need to find someone I love more than the Habs because I can either go out on a date with you or I can watch a Habs game. You have to be better than that. <laughs> and she's the only person who ever was. Uh, but that might explain more about why no one dated me. Uh, but like, honestly, it is, I, they're a religion, they're special in a way that now living in LA, Americans don't understand. They don't understand it. They think football is church. You don't know football, football isn't even the Vancouver Canucks. Okay. Like <laughs> the, the one true God is, is morale. And that is like, that is, it's just, it's just different. There's a reason it's on the money and Troy Aikman never going to be on a bill here. Okay. Like there is, there is a reason for that. And uh, I think what we are seeing now truly today, so I know we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about an incredible first line. It feels like, this feels like a moment. This feels yeah. like a special moment. And I know that comic key comparison facetiously, but really it does feel like that Jim Lee X-Men era to me. It feels like something's happening and it is, um, you can't, you can't not be part of it. And honestly, hockey is better for Montreal being better. They keep thinking the Rangers Every- and the Leafs so to center, but no, Montreal is what makes hockey tick. Every time Montreal's been good, hockey's
0: been better. Yes, ab ab abso fucking lootly, and they know that. And they know and and, and behind closed doors in Manhattan, they, 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 they know that, that the, you know, a healthy habs can only be good, can only be good for the NHL. But uh, but anyway, Andrew, you had uh, you had uh, you have bullet points before you. uh...
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think the not to the same level or not in the same way, but I feel like a great Leafs team also does that for hockey. It is good for hockey as much as it's even more fun when they lose, because at the end of the day, as much as Leafs fans, some of them anyway, want to deny it, they're the bad guy they yes. like, just embrace the villain role because yeah. you're the rich kid who thinks that you deserve everything because you have money and yes. that like, you're the, yeah, you're the kid like in a romantic comedy, you're the sn- guy with the nose turned up like this, who thinks that he should get the girl because you know, his dad owns Bay street. That's who you <laughs> are. Honestly, here's, what, here's what I'll say. The we're, we're
2: Vin Diesel. They are the rock in fast five. And we can become <laughs> friends we just need to work this all out right now, okay? They're all, they're the antagonist. That doesn't make them the bad guy. I got no hatred for the for the Leafs. I just feel I don't know. I was watching the broadcast in Hulu here, and I think it was a Sportsnet feed we were getting, but they had a whole segment between periods and how miserable it is to be a Leafs fan. I mean, like this is this is. I just feel for them. My brother is a diehard Leafs fan. It sucks. I-
0: I love it. I as someone who's moved from Montreal to Toronto, like one of my favorite things is having front row seats for the inevitable fucking collapse every <laughs> single year at of every franchise. Uh but but specifically that one, like, you know, I I, I as as rewarding tonight, um was as it was as rewarding as it was that the Habs won, it was equally special that the Leafs lost. Um I I I have been treated to uh more Leafs losses than Habs victories, I think in my adult life. (laughs) Um and and so it's been like I'll just say like it was three ones. That fucking thing was my Stanley Cup. I don't give a shit what anybody says that I don't care if it was the first round. That that was that was my Stanley Cup. Nothing will nothing will top that. So I um, look. However, I also like it better when I'm legitimately scared of them. It's fun to it's fun to be threatened. It's fun to have something on the line. It's fun to you know to actually be worried about them again. So um, so I do like that. I mean, we're, we're worried about at least half half their team. The, the 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 one that's like up up front, closest closest to us, <laughs> uh, down in down the regular order, season pardon
1: me in the regular season.
0: Yes. The, the forwards in the regular season, I am very threatened by.
1: Yes. (laughs) All right. I I did want to talk about, uh, I don't know if Jay minds me sharing this, but we were texting a few weeks back before the preseason started uh, when there was speculation about what PK Subban was going to do this year. And we kind Mm. of created this idea in our heads of, wouldn't it be amazing if, you know, Kent Hughes had like kept everything on lockdown and, the first preseason game starts at home for the Montreal Canadiens, and the guy to lead out the Montreal Canadiens is number 76, and he's back, and it's a, like a one-year sweetheart deal to come back. And apparently that was on the table at one point. Uh, P.K. only wanted to go to either Toronto or Montreal. Preferred Montreal, but they couldn't get a deal worked out. Flat cap, part of the issue. And I think also for P.K., he could make like $5 million talking about the game on ESPN, or you could make like $1 million getting his body beat to crap (laughs) playing on a bad team so uh easy decision for the multi-talented pk (laughs) suban i think at the end of the day but obviously uh, a very special person to all three of us uh uh, one of our favorite players what you know watching uh, as part of this team brought excitement to an era that was relatively dull frankly uh what are your guys' thoughts on the retirement of P.K. Subban? Arun, go
2: ahead. Uh, I'll go and say I hate that the last his last HABS moment was being stretchered out. Yeah. And I've I've talked about this before. Uh, back in twenty sixteen I had just kind of major jaw surgery. My mouth was wired shut. Uh, it was something called MMA surgery, look it up. It sucks. And I remember, you know, Andrew, you and I texted a lot about this and I was in the gym when uh when the, uh, when the trade was announced, and let me tell you, trying to cry while your mouth is wired shut is a surprisingly painful thing because you want to open it. And yeah. I was crying at the gym, um, and it hurt, and all the dog whistling and stuff hurt before and all that. Anyway, we talked about it. I wish he could have retired to have just the one-day thing. Yep. I'll say as a mea culpa, but also just the catharsis for all us fans. Just the one moment say, hey, you're one of us. You're still with us. I don't think in the Bergman era we would have even got the social media shout-outs, so awesome. I'm really glad about that. Uh, you know, you can see back here I got the jersey. It's the only jersey I've got up on the wall, um, and I got a signed Saku Koibu stick on the other, and it is. Um, uh, it would have been awesome to have him for one day, but I do believe uh, that P.K.'s legacy in hockey, if, if he does what I think he'll do, maybe even greater for what he does after playing the game as an ambassador. Um, He's taken a different approach than the Akeem Alou and other players have to hockey and diversity. And I respect that he has his own way he wants to approach this, but I feel like PK has been discovering his voice and all these matters a little bit more, flexing his voice a little bit more. I'm really interested to see what he does, not just as a black man, because I don't want to reduce him to just being, having to represent that, but as someone bringing personality to hockey um, in a way that we don't often see. So I'm, I think he's going to do a lot for that sport um uh after that but would have loved him to retire had.
0: Yeah, um I I same, I think uh, no matter what forever it, it is going to be uh his career will be for for me no matter what tinged with melancholy just because yeah um there, there there's like the 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 final notes are sour. You know, um he, I, I like. I'll, I'll put it this way. I think that, like, in twenty years time, whenever they do like a little kind of retrospective on him on TSN or Sportsnet or whatever, like they're they're gonna only show highlights from from his time in Montreal, you know, like that, like that, that's what'll be on that reel. Like if you go look him up on YouTube, that's what that's what'll come up, right? And so I, you know, without without sounding too hokey, it's like you know, I I kind of remember him in that time. And and, and I, this is exclusively as as the player, not as the not as the person, not as the guy that I actually like know and get along with and have yeah, now known for over a decade and, and have enjoyed to see it.
1: his butt too. Yeah,
0: don't look, I I <laughs> oh listen, I, what <laughs> for you those gonna,
1: who hadn't seen it, it was for a show.
0: Yeah, it's I was in the shower with Brandon Gallagher too. Um, <laughs> and, um no, look. He, he the he was like dynamism manifest who he, he was just like the most entertaining player um especially those first few years he was the most exciting player to watch in the league for, for, for better or worse you know and he had wheels like nobody else. His skating was just like on another level and so like I, I get it he he was larger than life and maybe that's not always what every locker room wants or needs. But I'll just say this that like I think his contributions to hockey are more are are that yeah, he was um a character and and like like you like you know brought sort of uh brought an energy and a life to it that like outside of you know Putin stooge Alexander Ovechkin, you know it's been it's been a pretty sort of humble, quiet, good old boy kind of like just get you know get just you know keep your head keep your head up shit you know like so to have a guy that dressed the way he did and talked the way he did and you know at the draft with he says I'm here to bring the Stanley Cup back to Montreal like the kid that says that at the fucking draft in, in the second round right like yeah. in the second round and so like you know all of that stuff is wicked. the the sort of cultural trailblazing is wicked um especially in light of you know like you said the, the 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 sort of sickening coded language that that he had to suffer for the entirety of his career of like needing to earn his place and know his place and all this fucking shit that that nobody ever said about a caucasian player ever um but I think, honest to God, the thing that will trump all of that for me, the thing that I think is is his greatest contribution to, to hockey, is the like elevation of the fucking skill level. I think he advanced the form, right? Like every great artist, not only like creates, they 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 <clears throat> they nudge the art form forward to the next generation, and I think that hockey changed once PK was in it.
1: Yeah, I think I- that. Go ahead. I, I said last year that PK Subban walked so that Kale Makar could run. Right. Right. You, and it's not that there weren't crazy offensive def, uh, defensemen before him and like Eric Carlson, but I think those guys directly influence this next generation of defensemen who take extreme risks and then get back in time to not be a defensive liability in ways that like we haven't even found out yet. You know, like Kale Makar is already on track to be one of the best defensemen in the NHL history. And he's been in the league for three years. You know, he has 20. I mean, he's in the middle of a game right now. So he has 27 games left to get 22 points to be the fastest defenseman ever to hit 200 points in their career. Like, that's insane. It doesn't make any sense. But I, I think that's the legacy on the ice that we'll see from guys like Subban and Carlson. And off the ice, I feel like the legacy is it's going to be stupendous. I, I can't wait to read want, the book when it comes out because I want to know what some of the things that have happened behind the scenes that I've heard about but can't uh, confirm to a point where I'd be comfortable speaking about them publicly.
2: I'd say there are uh, – when I think about Stephen, there's there's two things. One, I think is – I'm thinking wrestling now. His greatest promo was still – when he talked about going back to Boston and taking all the happiness away from him, that is – that is WWE heel level-ish, <laughs> and I am down for that. Uh, and and you believed him. Like, it was the nicest <laughs> Canadian meme thing that's ever been said. <laughs> uh, and, and the second thing is, I actually think because of certain biases in commentary and media, um, I don't think we appreciate how good a player he was. We forget this guy shut down Sidney Crosby. At yep. Crosby's prime. He yeah. shut him down. Like this dude, you put your best player against them. They're done. And yeah. plus he's going up the ice. And yes, you want to talk about slew foots, You want to talk about blown pinches. Okay, fine. You know what? The team was better when he was on the ice. That, that the game was better when he was on the ice. And it was, uh, there's a whole generation of fans. And I'll leave with this. Who, who got to see themselves in, in hockey because of PK Subban, not to erase anybody else's contributions. But he—he, like you said, he elevated uh, the game. The way he, the confidence he walked with, and the way he presented himself was so different. Um, And it's like it's amazing to me that now we have a we have a Japanese Canadian uh, captain of the uh, of the Montreal Canadiens, and it doesn't. It's amazing, and like we don't even need to talk about it because it's just it's Nick Suzuki. It's just what it is. And I think there's a lot in terms of diversity, equity, and inclusivity. With uh, with the Habs as well, that that PK, he had to he had to take the hits, right? Like you guys said, he had to watch so others could run. He had to take those hits so other people could see the way to to work that system.
0: Um, and I'm, you know,
2: I will always be proud to be a PK Subban fan for sure.
0: Oh, same 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 here. Always, always, always. And and like, you know, he also like like so many great kind of classic athletes find themselves connected to clutch moments yes right but like like it's his presence at some of the bigger more important kind of turning pointy moments in modern hap's history i i think about like you know i think about him against boston and like you know jesus christ like i i i get goosebumps thinking about what he did to that fucking team like from from lining up brad marshall in, in in like the greatest open ice hit in in hockey in, in the last 20 years to like to like you know game winners the king of fucking game winners just like teeing up with the seconds taken down like like so again something out of a movie so it's like You know, it's it's not just his skill level. It's his skill level at important times. It's being always around for better or worse when big shit is happening. Then that kind of is like why you give a shit.
1: So the question, Jay, is uh, when are you going to make a Quentin Tarantino style uh, faux history P.K. Subban movie where he wins the Stanley Cup for the Canadians?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Good good question. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, let me uh, let, let, I'll give I'll get back to you. I'll get back to
1: you. <laughs> all right. I think that's all we got for tonight, folks. So we're supposed no, to be keeping I, I them... do
0: I, I want to talk oh, about one thing, it. Andrew.
2: Sure. I do want to talk about one thing. We're talking about clutch players. And Jay, I think you'd agree with me. I want to talk about a clutch human being, and that's Andrew Berkshire. <laughs> uh, and and what I wanna talk about, and so you have to everybody just work with me here. Um Andrew, I think we might have talked about this. Most people don't know. Um, I'm 41 this year, last year, right after American Thanksgiving, I had a minor stroke. Oh my god. Uh, and, uh, I am very surprised and, um, happy to still be around because it put me in much, uh, much higher risk for stroke. And with my health history, as many people on social follow me know, uh, I'm a really, really, uh, complicated health history and I'm more at risk of the stroke. And, uh, I don't know if we ever talked about it, Andrew, but here's what I'll tell you is that uh, as a friend, you have continually, anytime I haven't reached out to you for maybe a week, you've always made a point to reach out and just check in on me. And you mean it. You and Kish have always made a point to send me homemade Oreos or gifts or whatever else. Um, and it really means a lot, man. This last year was, was a lot harder than um, I think that most people will ever know. Um, more than you and I have always talked about, but you're that kind of amazing human being who who when you call me family, when you call me brother, um, you mean it and you um, you reach out and you care and you give a damn. So we can all joke about Andrew Jerkshire and all those other things, but if anyone ever fucking comes for you, I will crush them because <laughs> you are you are one of the best human beings I know. Um, proud to call you brother. Proud to call you family. I love you, man. And uh, thank you for all you do for people um, in the hockey community and just in your life. I don't think people realize what a good human being you are.
1: I hate you for making me almost cry, man, <laughs> but I love you too. You are, uh, you're definitely my brother. And there's a reason why my my boys call you uncle Arun. So uh, can't wait to see you the next time. I know that uh, it was tough traveling in the, in the Trump years, but uh, we'll, we'll make it happen soon. Um, Thanks for coming on. And in case anybody wants to know, before I end it, I will say, I am also an idiot. So uh, a couple of people were talking about my haircut earlier, and I'm going to ruin this very sappy moment by proving how much of an idiot I am. We took out a bin of Halloween costumes for the kids, because it's you know, almost Halloween. Let them play with the costumes and stuff. And a few years ago, um, probably like 15 years ago, Kiss dressed as Indiana Jones, and she got like a like a whip. And the kids were like, what is this? What is this? And I was like, oh, I'll show you what it is. And I was like, stand back. I'll go outside and I'll crack the whip. And I just got my hair cut. So it was just like straight up just skin on the back. And it came back and it cracked right on the back of my head. Oh, my God. Huge <laughs> <You> welt. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my God. What? That's fucking horrible. Yeah, it didn't
1: feel nice. It didn't feel nice. But-
0: well, um. Before we go I would like to also add I don't I haven't um had I I my my journey with Andrew um it, it, it isn't uh, as informed by kind of uh you know uh, sort of heavy life shit like yours is and that's an that's an incredible thing I, all I can all I can speak to is that like we've gotten on like a house on fire for like I don't know, 10 years or something now. And, um, and yeah, he's one of the nicest people out there and him and his missus have been very kind to me and have had me over for supper a bunch of times. And, you know, I, I, um, and I try to make sure that, you know, I always, least I can do is get you tickets to some fucking crummy movies every once in <laughs> a <the> night. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, he's a lovely man. Jerkshire. Don't, don't, don't believe the hype. And, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's, a, he's a solid, solid human being.
1: I swear. I didn't pay them to say this guys, but, uh, thanks for joining me on the first episode this season of game over Montreal. A Habs win. I feel like we didn't get that last year until like game 20. <laughs> <laughs> it was just brutal. So we're starting this year already. It's better than last year. Uh, thanks so much for hanging out with us. We're going to see you again. I think, uh, is it Friday night or Saturday night? i have, have to check the schedule. I've been so busy as we're launching these new shows. Game Over is going across Canada. We, we launched tonight in uh, Vancouver and in Edmonton. So stick around for that if you're a Nighthawk. I'm going to be up all night making sure that our new hosts have a great time. We'll be launching in Winnipeg on Friday. Ottawa tomorrow. Calgary is still coming back tomorrow. It's been a crazy week, amazing work from everybody at SDPN. Jesse is a workhorse, a genius. Robert and Jamie with uh, all the amazing work to make graphics and get everybody organized. It's been amazing. This season is going to be the craziest ever for this company and we hope to share some of the best content we've ever made with you and uh, just building the family that we have here. At SDPN, it, it feels good. Uh, the people that we brought in are truly amazing. I hope you all get to know them and support them, and support Jay Bearshell and Arun Singh in everything that they do. Before we close it out for the show, guys, uh, do you have any upcoming things that you want to plug?
2: I'll go because uh-huh. mine are less, exci- less exciting. First of all, screw you, Steve Dangle. You went on about all the guests on the show. You didn't mention me. I heard you, not saying my name, Uh, but no, uh, I'm over at uh, Skybound Entertainment. Uh, We make some awesome comics like The Walking Dead, Invincible, lots of cool stuff. Uh, I will say if you're a big comic fan, check out a new book that just dropped called Dark Ride. It's the most effed up, not quite Disney because the lawyers would sue us if it was. A story about an amusement park that was created by a guy who made a deal with the devil. Really awesome comic. If you want to check out stuff I've done, uh, go check out WWE Then Now Forever Volume Four has a couple of stories written by me. a uh, Really fun graphic novel. And uh, now, just uh, I'll see you online. Let's talk about anything, man. Uh, you know. Uh, but Jay, you got more cool stuff going on than me.
0: Oh, uh, let's not go crazy. I I was sucking up fucking ladybugs with the vacuum cleaner at the cottage today. So, <laughs> um, but. Uh, and, and trying to find the holes where they're coming in from I think I think I've put caulking in all of them um, I, no I um, so uh, yeah I've got I got a few things kind of going on I I um, was in this movie uh, called uh, Blackberry that'll be coming out next year, where I play Mike Lazaridis, the founder of the Blackberry, uh, directed by uh, Matt Johnson and starring uh, Glenn Howerton from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, along with me, and a whole bunch of other great actors, Michael Ironside and Martin Donovan and Mark Critch and, um, <clears throat> and uh, Carrie Elwes. And, um, and then I, uh, I'm about to start next week um, a movie called Humane, I don't know if I'm allowed to mention it, but oh forget I mentioned it. Um, a very uh, talented uh, director, my friend Caitlin Cronenberg, and um, and then I uh, was in this show that uh, with Arnold Schwarzenegger this summer that'll come out next year on Netflix called uh, Fubar. I didn't uh, I tried to explain to them that uh, there's already movies up here that are called that but uh, (laughs) go figure that didn't really matter and then uh, yeah and then writing uh, writing a comic book right now called Us apart that'll uh, uh, be out next year on dark horse and then I'm starting uh, to uh, try to get together try to put together the uh, prequel for random acts of violence so have a script and hope to shoot it next year so yeah a bunch of a bunch of shit going on and, you know sucking up some more dead ladybugs
1: that's the way to go you got to suck up the dead ladybugs and fill all the holes with cocking <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome <man. laughs> gotta throw that in there <laughs> all right uh, thanks everybody for joining us at game over montreal we'll see you again shortly make sure that you like the show on uh this thing youtube subscribe on spotify itunes subscribe to the youtube channel Follow me on Twitter at Andrew Berkshire. Follow Jay Bearshell, Baruchel N-D-G. Follow Arun at A-R-U-N-E. These are the, some of the best people I know, and you should support them, and we'll see you soon. Thanks for smash having me. Smash the us. love button, smash the like button. You know how we do it here. <laughs>